Welcome to HG Church Podcast, where we provide clarity in life through Jesus Christ. We are so glad you are joining, and wherever you are listening from, we believe God will provide you clarity through today's message. Amen. We doing all right? Yeah? Okay, good. Hey, so listen, um, I got to just, I'm going to ask a question by a show of hands. Um, sometimes I do this at my gym uh, with, with uh, certain people that we're training with, but you know, I'm going to give you an opportunity. We're going to do this. We're going to vote. This is a democracy, all right? We're going to show of hands here. Um, you guys let me know where you want to go with this. I mean, one, one, would you like a pretty soft and, and, and nice, caressing, encouraging, encouraging message? Or, you know, some milk? Or would you like a, a 10? Would you want some steak? Who, you know, raise your hand if you, raise your hand if you want a one. Just be, no, okay, how about a ten? Who wants a ten? You guys want a ten? Okay, I was really hoping for that because honestly there was no choice. My notes are a ten. So that is the direction that we are going in off, right off the bat. So um, let's close this series out. I, I pray you've been blessed by this and we will, we will, um, we will move into a new series in August called I'm Sorry. And we will talk about forgiveness and, you know, learning how to be better apologizers, and, uh, and I pray you invite someone out for that, because I think that's, that's what we need. We need, we need more of, of learning how to repent and to forgive, um, and not just over time, but as fast as we can, as fast as you can. Last, last week, I said that, look, Jesus is not, Jesus is not here to, to tell us what to do just for the sake of telling us what to do. He's telling us how to live because he wants to set us free. And so I was telling you guys last week, man, you learn how to forgive. I promise you, you will, you will step into an arena of much more peace and joy, much more freedom and rest. Now, I'm not saying I never say that your life will be perfect, nor will you ever be challenged. I don't say that. I just, I just tell you that your life will be better. Your life will be better. And so we'll, we'll get into that in August. So I pray that you come on out for that. Um, we will close this series out. We've had a good time. We, we talked about a lot of things, a lot of difficult conversations we've had over the past couple months. And really, honestly, um, I kind of wanted to change the direction of the title of the sermon series. But you know what? It, does, it doesn't matter because for the last three weeks, I've really been directing um, these messages to those that are fairly new in the faith. You know, those that got baptized, those that, you know, you've just been coming for a short while. I've really been engaging with you guys. Although all of you guys have been here for 20 or 30 years, it's cool. It's, isn't it great that we can still receive the same word? There's no like, well, I've been here for 30 years, Pastor Eric. I already know what that says. We shouldn't be like that. We should always be like, man, that's good. I need to hear that again if you already know that. And so we're going to finish out this series by continuing to have a conversation regarding um, salvation and discipleship and really walking with Jesus, really walking with God. And what I want to do is I want to help some of you guys because I know what it feels like to, I know what it feels like to be overwhelmed at times. And I also know what it feels like to be emotionally driven to, to, to be a Christian. And, and what I mean by that is that I know that there are times in our lives where we feel like we are on fire for God. Y'all been there before? Yeah. Man, we just feel like we are so motivated. We're pumped up. Lord, I want to take on the world. Bring all the demons, God, because I can cast them out, right? Right? But then the next day, then the next day a challenge comes, and you just have a total breakdown. You're, I don't know if I could serve you anymore, Lord. I don't know you've let me down. And, and so then you go, so, so kind of like David through the psalm, if you ever read through that. 
he has this really up and down relationship with God where he deals with a lot of, you know, mental, you know, uh, uh, you know, moments in his life where one day he's strong for the Lord and the next day he wants to give up. And so I'm trying to get us to a place to where we understand that we cannot live an emotionally driven Christian life. Now, that's fine. I love it, man. I love when I feel good. Don't you love when you feel good? I love it, man. You get those days where you just feel like, man, I love you, God. Man, I'm so grateful. I'm on fire for you. I want to serve you. And then you get those other days where you're just like, man, I don't know if I could do this anymore. Right? The devil starts beating you up. Your mind starts beating you up. Your past starts beating you up. Maybe you made some mistakes along the way and you feel like you're not good enough to serve God anymore. And so you feel like you want to quit and give up. See, that's right. That's, those are the moments right there where that's what we're going to talk about today. How we continue to persevere through life, how we continue to persevere through life's challenges and struggles. And let me just say this, if you are going to continue to run this race like the scripture says, and if you want to be strong in the Lord like the scripture says, and if you want to become less and you want God to become greater, then here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to learn um, to grow little by little. If you are taking notes, write that down. Number one is this, little by little. Little by little in our life will God continue to push us in the right direction. And I say little by little because, because a lot of the times what, what, we, we, what we pray, hope, and expect from God, and maybe, maybe every once in a while, man, that will happen. Something extravagant, uh, an explosion, the miraculous will take place in your life. Maybe one day you'll just wake up and you'll say, man, I am moving in this direction. But for the most of us, for most of us in this place, um, it doesn't happen that way. Man, some of us, man, we just want God to change certain things like this. We want God to move like this. When we pray, we, are, we want the answer to be like this. But it doesn't always work that way. It doesn't. And this is why we have to pay attention to our relationship with Jesus because sometimes your growth takes place little by little. And this is important. I'll tell you why. This is important because if you're emotionally driven to serve God, at some point, I promise you, you'll run into a wall. And if you don't know what to do when you run into that wall, you'll want to quit. And so what you have to do in those moments is you have to say, man, what does the scripture say? The scripture does tell me that it's not always going to be, man, super awesome. And I'm always not always going to be excited. I might I'm not always feel fired up. But there are going to be moments where discipline's going to come in and self-control is going to come in. And long suffering will come in and you'll have those moments where you'll count it all joy when a trial comes your way because you know that this too shall pass. And you got to tell yourself in those moments that this too shall pass or this too shall get better. It's not always going to be like this. Sometimes you, some of you, you need to tell yourself that it's not always going to be like this. I'm not always going to be like this. However, what are you doing about it? So it's not always going to be like that. Second Peter chapter one, verses three through eight says this. It says God's power. Now, is that say your power or God's power? That says God's power. God's power has given us everything we need to lead a godly life. If you could hold on to that right there, that is just enough to get you to the other side. It's God's power that, that he has given you to lead a godly life. So one of the things that you have to understand is that you cannot live this godly life in your own power, in your own strength. 
I promise you, you will fail. If you try to serve God in your own abilities, in your own smart and wit, with your own education and your own wisdom, your own knowledge, your own understanding, I promise you, if you try to do it in your own strength, you will crumble. But if you do it in the strength of God, and what I mean by that is in the faith with God, the faith in God and the faith through God, you can lead a godly life. All of this has come to us because we know the God who chose us he chose us because of his own glory and goodness. He has also given us his very great and valuable promises. That's so good. He did it so you could share in his nature. You can share in it because you've escaped from the evil in this world. This evil is caused by sinful desires. So you should try very hard. And I like that. I love that the scripture tells us that, 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 that we're not going to just be able to do this, but there's got to be some effort on our part. There's got to be some energy. So, so, so you got to put some work in as well. The scripture teaches us over and over that faith without works, that faith without you putting in the work is dead. It does not work. And so, so you should try very hard to add goodness to your faith, to goodness add knowledge, to knowledge add the ability to control yourselves. There it is. The, to the ability to control yourselves, add the strength to keep going. Is that your strength? No, that's God's strength. To the strength to keep going, add godliness. And to godliness, add kindness for one another. And to kindness for one another, add love. Listen, all these things, listen to me, church. You really want to know if you're, if you're really living this life out? All these things that I just read and the scripture is saying, all these things should describe you more and more. Everything that I just said should really describe who you are. Listen, they will make you useful and fruitful as you know our Lord Jesus Christ better. Let me just say this. No one succeeds alone. Nobody. We need, we need God's power. We need his word. We need our church community. And we need each other. Not one of us in here can succeed alone at this life. I promise you that. That's why we, we speak in our discipleship class of, of accountability. And having people that you can talk to, that you can go to when you're feeling down and out, when you're struggling, when you're having a hard time, when you feel like you want to quit and give up. Because you, 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 you cannot just do this life on your own. You need the word of God. You need to have faith in him. And you need to have, man, this is, this, is, this is really interesting. You need to have people around you that are going to push you towards Jesus, not away. Amen. I'll say that one more time. You need to have people around you that are going to push you towards a stronger relationship with Jesus, not pull you away from your relationship with Jesus. Now, there's some people in here that you just show up because you just show up. And, and, and maybe I, I pray that, that one day, one day that you'll, you'll, you'll get a hold of this. Because I'm telling you right now, life's not fair. And life will come at you. And the enemy don't care and the world don't care. This culture don't care. And you might think you're okay because you're in a season where everything is okay. And I'm not saying this in a negative way. I'm just telling you the truth. At some point, you will face something in your life where you're going to need God's power. But as you journey, some of you that are, are newer and you're, you're, you're endeavoring to live this life out, as you journey with Jesus, I want you to know that your spiritual growth will take time. 
but you have to put the work in as well. You have to fill up your heart. Last week, we talked about guarding our minds and our hearts. And, the outs and outside of that, while we guard, we also have to put good things inside of us. We also have to fill our mind with the word of God. We also have to dwell on the word of God. And the scripture teaches us that this book of the law, the, 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 Joshua is saying this. He's saying that when he says this book of the law shall not depart from my mouth, what he's saying, he's not saying that he's not, he doesn't want to speak the word. What he's saying is this, is that I want to meditate on it. I want it to dwell inside of me so that it becomes a part of me, so that it nourishes me, so that it makes me more healthy, so that it makes my spirit stronger. Why? Because when you face something in your life, and if you don't have the word, and if you've just been playing church for so long, I promise you, you're going to be afraid. Fear will grip you. The world will grip you. Circumstances will grip you. Reports will grip you. And it's not, and it's, and it's not saying that you're going to be invincible or a superhero. What I'm saying is this, is that you'll be more prepared. You'll be more equipped. Why? Because you've been nourishing yourself through the word of God. And you've been watching your life grow little by little. You've been watching your faith grow stronger and stronger. But if you're never doing anything about it, if you're never doing anything about your life to grow yourself spiritually then it would be very difficult to live your life on this earth. So we don't succeed alone. We succeed with the word of God, with a relationship with God, and we succeed with each other. I desire, I don't know about you, but I desire to be made more useful, and I desire to be more fruitful. That's what the end of the scripture says. That when you follow what we just read out of 2 Peter, that you will become more useful and more fruitful in your life. Listen, as you know your Lord Jesus Christ better. So you want to become more useful and fruitful and you want to be used by God. Then learn to grow in your relationship with Christ and learn to continue to follow him. And listen to me and learn to understand that you're not always going to feel like following Jesus. But I promise you, God will never leave you, and he will never, he will never forsake you. And in the moments when you don't feel like he's there, I can guarantee you he is there because of the promise that I just said. When he feels far away, you remind yourself that you said you'll never leave me and you'll never forsake me. When you feel alone and empty, that's when you remind yourself who your God is. And you tell yourself, devil, you're not going to have my mind. You tell the world, I'm not going to go back to you. You're not going to have my marriage. You're not going to have my family. I need you, God, in my life. I trust you. My hope is in you. I want to fill my life with you. Nourish my soul. Amen. And you watch God grow, continue to grow you little by little. And, and, and let me just say something. It's not just always little by little, but this is what I've seen over in my life. I've seen in a lot of people's lives. There will be times where you will make leaps and bounds. That's great. Celebrate it. Give God the glory in that. But for the most part, I promise you, it'll be gradual. Stay focused. Don't give up and don't quit. Number two. Number two is this. If we want to continue on this journey, we have to understand that God calls us to be a living sacrifice. And this is strong and powerful. And in our discipleship class on Thursday, we talked about this. We talked about how God does not just want a part of our life. He wants all of our life. 
how God is just not asking us to be a part-time Christian. He's asking us to be a whole full-time Christian, to be a whole full-time follower of him. In order to be a disciple of Jesus, you have to give him everything. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. 37, Jesus says it best when he says, I need you to love me with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And see, I don't know if there's anyone in this place that is like, man, Pastor Eric, I, like I talked about a few weeks ago, I'm so tapped out. Man, I've been, I've been giving all my life to God every single day from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head down. I will sing of the goodness of God. And that's what I've been doing, Pastor Eric. I've been doing that every single day of my life. I, I'm telling you right now, I, I, have not, I have not turned in the other direction. I've give, 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 given God everything. I've been a living sacrifice. I've been the vessel that he's called me to be, man. He's been pouring me out and filling me up. Man, I've just been on it. Maybe you have. That is, that, that is awesome. But if you're like some of us and the rest of us, maybe you haven't. And maybe your life, and, and, and this, is where, this is where you really need to make a decision in your relationship with Jesus. And we talked about the difference between self-control and personal control. And we said, this is good. Self-control is good. It's an attribute that God wants us to have. He wants us to do right. He wants us to live right morally and ethically. And he wants us to hold godly values. He wants us to stay on the right path. But I'll tell you right now, there's too many people that will be in the church for too long trying to live their life or get their life to the right place. And they tell God, when I get my life to the right place, then I'm really going to start serving you. Man, God, as soon as some things line up for me, man, you see what I'm going through right now, God. You see where my life is at. You see my situations. You know how much I love you. But, God, you see the mess that I'm in right now. And so as soon as this mess starts to get better and I get past this, then I'm really just going to give you my all, God. As soon as the stars align, God, when the stars align and everything lines up for me, God, then I can really start serving you. Then I can really dig in, God. But right now, man, and, and, and let me just say, I like to say that because I, I want you to know that I love you. And there are, there are times in our lives where we need to, to, to settle in. We need the word of God to nourish us. And we need healing in our life, in our mind, in our hearts, in our circumstances. We need that. But there are other times where you're going to sit there for a really long time waiting for the perfect moment to come for you to serve God. And you're saying, well, aren't I serving God by showing up to church? Eh. <laughs> eh. Partially. I think that's a good step that you're here. But if you really want to know what it means to serve God, the language in Romans tells us that we are to become living sacrifices. The, the, the language throughout the scripture tells us that, that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and Jesus lives inside of us. The language of God is God is saying that I want all of you, just not part of you. I need all of your mind, just not part of it. So as you guard it, I'm telling you, give it all to me. Give me your mind and give me your heart. Give me your mouth and give me your words. Give me your habits and give me all of your ways and in all of your ways acknowledge me and I'll continue to direct your path but I just do not want part of you see this is the biggest difficulty that people have serving Jesus the, 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 the exciting part is is how much God loves you gosh that feels so good Man, God, I, I, I am so appreciative of how much you love me and how you've forgiving me, forgiven me and how you've saved me when I didn't deserve that. That's the exciting part. The difficult part is when, when God says, now listen, you got you to change some things in your life and you can agree with that. 
you can say, yeah, you know what? I do need to change some things, so I'm going to put myself on the right track. But then God comes in and says, now, now I need you to give up control. There it is. Why? Because, because outside of our reconcil reconciliation with God, outside of that, we are the masters of our own universe. And nobody tells us what to do. So here comes the battle between your flesh and your spirit. Here comes the battle between God saying, I, I want to have personal control of your life. That sounds pretty difficult to give. I want to lead and guide you. Once again, not for the sake of my control, but for the sake of my glory and your freedom. You really want to walk in peace and joy? Do you really want to have rest in your mind and in your heart? Then give God full authority over your life. I told you. This is not a milk message. This is a meat message. And I'm telling you this because what I don't want to see is I don't want to see us sitting here for too long waiting for the right perfect time to get involved. I don't want to see us sitting here too long waiting for the time to where I say, oh, you know what, I feel like I'm really built up now. I can share my faith. That day might never come. I don't want to see you around your family too long to where you're telling yourself, I'm just waiting for the right opportunity to share the gospel with them. The right opportunity may never come. There might be a time where you're just going to have to say, hey, you got a few minutes because I really need to talk to you. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is the difference between self-control and personal control. Self-control is you staying on the right track. Personal control is you giving God control of all of your life. I want to give God. This is this is this is so this is so this is so important. I want to give God full control of my marriage. I want to give full, God full control of my family. I want to give full control over my life. I want God to have this over me. Do you understand? But if you sit there for so long, and, 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 and this, is what, this is what I'm trying to get, is that you can sit there for so long, and you can show up Sunday after Sunday, and, and God is just like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to use you, but you're not getting it yet. You have a lot to offer, and some of you might not even believe that yet, but I promise you, you have a lot to offer. God gives us a lot inside each and every one of us, and we have a lot to offer. God did not save you so you could sit. He saved you so you can serve. And, and listen, listen, there's a story in Matthew chapter 25 verses 14 through 30, and it's the parable of the talents. And this is what Jesus did. Jesus taught in parables, meaning stories, so you could understand it. And he says this, and I'm going to paraphrase this, this for you for time's sake. He says this. He says, there was a man, there was a rich man that, that went on a journey. And before he left on the journey, he entrusted his three servants, his three employees. And he gave them each talents. Now, talents represents money. It, it was money back then. A one, let me just say this. One talent in the first century, um, just one talent equaled about 15 years worth of wages. So, so here in, in California, with the average salary, that's close to a million dollars. So he says, so he tells the first man, he gives him, he says, I'm going to leave you with five talents. So do the math, close to five million dollars. He gives him this, and, and he, tells, he tells him, I'm giving you this so you can do something with it. Hang on here. 
Then he goes to the next servant and he says, I'm going to give you two talents and the same thing. I'm giving this to you so you can do something with it. And the last man, the last person that he gives, his last employee or servant, he gives him one talent. Same thing. I'm giving this because I want you to do something with it. So the first one that had five talents, close to $5 million, he goes and he invests it. And he makes a huge return. He doubles his money. Now he has almost $10 million and he's excited for the master to come back and give that back, show him what he did. Second, the second one he comes in, he tells him he had the two talents. He goes, same thing, invests it, doubles his money. Now he has four. Now he doubled his money. Man, we went from 10 million, 5 million to 10, two to four. But the last servant that the master entrusted him with and told him to go do something with this, he went and he dug a hole and he hid it because he was afraid that it wasn't going to work out for him. And so the master comes back, and he's so, he's so excited. The first servant tells him what he did, and he is so proud of him. Man, he tells him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. The second one, he comes in. He tells him, man, I did the same thing as the first. I doubled it. I doubled your money, master. I know you're good with money. You're, you're, you're rich. You, you, you're, you're, you do well. You make money. You know what you're doing. He said, man, I'm proud of you too. He said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. But the last one came to him. He said, listen, master, I was a little afraid to take the risk of losing what you gave me or not using what you gave me and so instead I hid it from you and the master was just so upset and disappointed he actually if you go read that he actually tells him off he calls him a lazy a slothful he just goes off on him and he and then he tells him give me that back and he he casts him out into the darkness now listen the parable represents Jesus and you and I and I'm going to tell you why because you might come to this place Sunday after Sunday, but I can guarantee you that God has already given you and entrusted you some, with some things in your life, and you've still not started to use what he's given you. Do you understand that? The last servant that he gave, he, he, he went and hid that, meaning he was afraid to take the risk. This is the problem, is we are afraid to give God all of our life because we do not want to lose control of what we have control over. But I promise you this, when you give God all of your life, not only will your life become better and become more blessed and become more abundant, not only will you walk in more wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, not only will you become more useful and more fruitful, God will show you what he meant when he said here's what I've given you now go out and use it don't be afraid it doesn't you you cannot wait for the perfect time to be used by God Amen. do you understand what I'm saying in this that you are a living sacrifice that you are a vessel that you are a vessel of God and God is saying look there are going to be times where I'm going to need to use you it's not always going to be easy but it will be rewarding right. because that's the God that is the God that we serve yeah. And God is saying, look, you got to use what I've given you. And some of you, you're going to be here for so long and you're going to say, man, God, I'm so glad you saved me. But you're going to be sitting waiting for the perfect time for God. For even some of us are going to be waiting for the perfect time for God to speak to us. I'm just waiting on the Lord to speak to me, Pastor Eric. Then I'm really going to start serving. I'm going to give him all my life. I'm telling you right now, I know it's coming. The word's coming my way. I am waiting for Dr. Mark Barkley to show up because I know he prophesies. And I know I'm going to sit there and he's going to come my way. And he's going to prophesy over me and tell me, now's the time to go. You might be waiting for a long time, my brother and sister. Before somebody comes and prophesies over you and tells you to go. Let me just say something. You are already called to go. Right. Amen. And God, listen. And 
Thank you so much. It is good. That's the word, not me. And, and listen, it's, it's so important that, like, like why, is it, why is it that when we give God our least, we expect him to give us his best? And why is it that when God asks us for our best, we end up giving him our least? Why? Because you have not given him full control. And I know even that is hard to chew on. God is waiting for some of us to step up our game. You're going you're gonna to meet your maker at the end of your life. And you're going to be very disappointed when God tells you, what did you do with what I gave you? Why didn't you use, man, I, 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 man, I gave you good abilities. I gave you a good mind. Man, I, you, 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 I, I gave you the ability to, to build wealth. You had resources. But why weren't you doing more? Why didn't you listen to me? Why, why weren't you involved? You, you went to that church for 10, 15 years. How did you not ever get involved? What were you doing the whole time? You understand what I'm saying? I gave you all of this, and yet you did not use it? That's not me. That's the parable of the talents. Amen. You know, King Solomon, King Solomon is the richest man that ever lived, even to this day now, 2022, King Solomon in the first century. King Solomon's net worth was $2.1 trillion. That is wild. That, 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 that blows every person combined. Bezos, Amazon, Elon Musk, Tesla, Warren Buffett, anybody that you think is rich, the person that won in Illinois is $1.2 that we all wish we could have won. Anyways, <laughs> blows them out the water. Blows them out the water. Listen, but listen, listen. If you go and read through some of the Proverbs and if you read through Ecclesiastes, um, King Solomon, as rich as he was, he did not love money. As rich as he was. He talked a lot about honoring and, and his reverence. He said things like the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. He says things like in Ecclesiastes regarding you not using what God has given you. He says in Ecclesiastes 11.4, he says, He who watches the wind will not sow. And he who looks at the clouds will not reap. Meaning that if you're always looking and saying, ah, it's not really time yet. Or gosh, did you see the weather? Ah, it doesn't look like a good time to go out there right now. He who looks at the wind will not sow, and he who looks at the clouds will not reap. Why? Because you're always concerned. You're afraid that, that if, if you give too much to God, then you're going to lose too much. And God is saying, no, if you give much to me, I will give much to you. So I tell you as we close, stop waiting for the perfect time to start sowing, serving, or saving. And I know it's not us that saves, but we have the gospel inside of us. We are the preachers of the gospel, so we have the power of God inside of us. So God uses us as vessels. But if you're waiting for the perfect time, I promise you, you're going to be waiting for the rest of your life. And my last point. Are you guys okay with this? Okay, good. My last point is this. If you're going to continue on this road, you're going to have to learn to deal with crashing Waves, crashing waves. You know, I've, um, 
I've been real vocal with you guys. I'm, 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 I feel like I'm, I'm an open book at times. And um, I've never been ashamed or embarrassed to tell you when I struggle. And I've, and I've mentioned to you guys before that, that, I, that I have moments where, um, and, and, I, and I'll try to explain it to you, but it's hard, where I just have moments of anxiety. And, and let me just say something to you. If you struggle with your mental health, man, don't let anybody bring you down. Don't let the world bring you down. Listen, don't let the church bring you down. Don't let people bring you down. Because every single one of us is different. And we all see things different. We all feel things different. And, and so I don't know. Honestly, I couldn't really pinpoint exactly why at times I, I feel very anxious. Um, but I mean, last Friday is the weirdest thing. Um, my wife and I were just, man, we were hanging out. Um, I think all the girls were gone. They spent the night at, I think, my mom's. And baby Antonia was asleep. And so my wife and I, we, 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 had, uh, we had some food. And, and we were just watching a movie on Netflix. No reason. I don't know. I have any idea why. I can give you some. I'll give you some ideas. But, man, I just started to feel super anxious. And I've had, I've had maybe one or two kind of what you would call panic attacks or anxiety attacks. Anybody in here tracking with me? You know, where you just start to feel, you just feel like death is upon you. You feel dread. You just feel like something bad is going to happen. And so I was laying on my couch, and, and I told my wife I got up, and I started pacing the room. And I started just doing this with my body. And, and, um, and, I, and so I know I was a little bit banged up as well with my body physically. And so I was a little bit banged up from, you know, what we do, uh, we own, you guys know, we own a jiu-jitsu school, and so, man, I, be, I train a lot, and then also, I'm 40 now, and so, like, my body's not like it was when I was, like, 25, so I know I got to take a little bit better care of my body, especially regarding stretching, and, and you know, I just, uh, you know, I still move well, don't get me wrong, I'm still in good shape, come see me, no, I'm just kidding, <laughs> but I got up, and, and I was pacing just like this, and I just told my wife, I just said, ah, I said, I don't, I don't feel very good. She's like, what's wrong? What's the matter? I said, I don't know. I said, I, I feel like I feel like I might have a heart attack or something. And I just was so anxious. And so she's like, do you want me to take you to the ER? And I was like, no. I was like, I, 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 here's the thing. is because I knew what was going on. But in those moments, you just feel so helpless, like you can do nothing about it. And this was maybe around 10 o'clock at night, and, and – um, Man, it was frustrating. Um, my heart just felt like it was racing. My mind, my body felt like I felt like I was sick or something. It was, I mean, I just, I'm just trying to explain to you what I felt. Um, I felt like I was going to die, which I don't understand. And let me just tell you, in the season that I'm living in right now in my life, I couldn't pinpoint to you one thing wrong. Man, my life, I am so grateful and blessed inside and out for my life my family, my marriage, everything, everything that you could think of that you would want is good. Amen. The only thing that I can think of is that the devil hates me, <laughs> is that the enemy hates me. He doesn't like what I do. He doesn't like what I say. He doesn't like how I speak. He doesn't like how I think. 
The only thing I could think of is that I had I was feeling kind of like um like a like I was I had like a pinched nerve or something. And so you know you know how you go down those rabbit trails, church. Man, you got like one tiny thing wrong with you and you go all the way to the end of your life because of that one tiny thing wrong with you and you diagnose yourself. No, I know. And, I, and listen, I know. And not, not just that, but I know some of us, we deal with some real health concerns. I, I get that. So, so maybe a part of me is a little bit of a, a, a hypochondriac and just trying to, trying to battle through this. And so my, my wife and, and went to lay down with the baby and, and now we're about midnight and I'm still pacing. We have um, Sister Irene's sister's funeral the next day and I just man I put my music on and let me just say something this is this is this is why I'm telling you this is because when the enemy runs out of tricks he will find new ones and if you do not know how to battle the crashing waves of your life you will drown and Jesus tells a story uh, through the scripture as they were going to the other side. Come on. In Mark chapter 6, 4, you don't have to go there. But on that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And I just want to jump down. Uh, in between that, man, a, a huge storm came as they were on a boat. And Jesus with his disciples. His disciples were physically with Jesus. And a storm came and the disciples freaked out. Man, they freaked out. Don't worry, I'll get back to my story right now. He, they, they, just, they just freaked out. They had anxiety. They were so worried, and Jesus was at the bottom of the boat. The boat's going back and forth, and Jesus with, was what, doing Jesus' things. He had his head asleep on the pillow because that's Jesus. He's not afraid of anything. And they come running down to him. He woke up, and they said, Jesus, Master, Master, don't you, aren't you, aren't you, aren't you worried about us? Aren't you afraid for us? Don't you care about us? And Jesus wakes up, rubs his eyes, goes outside. It says he awoke, and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. He said to them, listen, he said to them, he's saying to you, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And after he says that, nothing changed. And it says they were still filled and they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? I laid down around midnight. I went to the living room. I tried to lay down. I, have, I had my worship playlist on. I had all the songs going, man. I had them all going. Jaira. Oh, how I love you. The blessing. They were just all on repeat. My wife was trying to stay awake with me because she was concerned about me. But, but for whatever reason, this thing lasted for hours. And, and, and there I was realizing that I was in a spiritual battle. I felt, I'm serious, I, I, I probably didn't go to sleep that night till close to four in the morning because I was so afraid to shut my eyes because I was afraid I wasn't going to wake up. But I knew what to do. Do you understand? You are going to battle crashing waves in your life. Your boat will rock 
Water might fill it. You might feel like you're going to drown. But I'm here to tell you this morning that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus. And because Jesus has the authority on heaven and on this earth, because Jesus lives inside of you, guess what? You have the authority to overcome any situation in your life. It does not matter. You might need to battle it out for a few hours. You might feel afraid. You might feel like you're going to die. You might be afraid of the report. You might be afraid of what has happened in your marriage or your family. But I want you to know this morning that God has given you the power and the authority through Jesus Christ to overcome any situation and circumstance in your life. So you know what you got to do? You got to speak to that storm. You got to speak to those waves. You got to speak to that anxiety. You got to speak to that depression, that oppression that comes over your life. But listen, for those of you that are walking this out, you have to believe this in order to walk in it, in order to understand the authority that God has given to you. And so, and so guess what? I knew what I was in. I knew what I was. I was in a spiritual battle, a mental battle. I knew what was going on in my life. I knew what the devil was trying to do. I knew what the enemy was trying to do. I knew what I knew what was taking place. I knew darkness was trying to oppress my mind. So what do you do in those moments? You fight back. You go to the word of God and you begin to speak the word of God over your situation. You begin to pray and you ask God to give you the peace and the stillness that his word tells us we can have. A peace that surpasses no understanding. Understanding. You go to Philippians 4 verse 6 that says do not be anxious for anything but in everything go to God through prayer and supplication and petition him. You go to 2 Timothy 1 7 and you tell him this is not from you God. You did not give me the spirit of fear but instead you gave me power, love and a sound mind. You go to the word of God and you say not by might nor by power but by your spirit says the Lord you are with me God. I don't have to succumb to this. You don't have to succumb to the crashing waves in your life either you have the authority through the word of God to speak back to your storm but if you don't know how to do that then you will struggle and and I'm telling you my heart my heart goes out to any of you that really struggle with Men, you know, your mental health and or anxiety or depression or, or things, panic attacks or things like that. My heart goes out to us that, that are just overcome with fear at times. Because this, this, this happened, this has happened maybe twice, maybe twice, maybe three times, but for sure twice in my lifetime. So I don't take, I don't, I don't give the, I don't give the devil glory for that small moment. I move past that. I fight back. You know, the scripture tells us that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You know what that means? You know, the scripture in James tells us that, that when, you, when you need wisdom, you ask God, but you ask in faith, not in fear. You don't doubt because those who doubt, they're, 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 like, they're, like, they're like driven by the waves that crash to and fro, meaning that they're unstable, meaning that they can't stay still. You understand? So that's what he means by a double-minded man, meaning that when you're double-minded, meaning that, that one day you're with Jesus, the next day you're not. That one day you have faith, the next day you don't. And it does feel like that sometimes. But you need to learn how to battle, church. I, I want you to be equipped through the word of God to know how to submit yourselves to God, to resist the devil so he will flee from you. 
to know how to draw near to God and he will draw near to you to purify your hearts, to cleanse your hands. Oh, oh you that are double-minded. That's James 4, 7, and 8. So what do you got to do? Let's stand. Are you with me? So what, so what do we need to do? What do we need to understand? We need to understand that who we are in Christ is the most important, most important person that we'll ever be. We need to understand that the authority that God has given to Jesus is now inside of you. You need to understand how, how weighty the word needs to be in your life so you can battle. You need to understand that there has to be checks and balances in your life. You know what checks and balances are? It's a term that the government uses so that not, not just one group of people have power. But that ultimately the president has the power to veto something that comes his way. Do you understand? Do you understand what I mean by checks and balances? It means this. It means that, that the devil does not have to have or get power over your life. But Jesus through you and you in Jesus have the power to veto anything that comes to your life that you do not want to be there. So you can reject. That's why the Bible says to resist, right? To resist the devil and he will flee. That's authority. That's the authority that you have in Christ. So some of you that are starting to walk with Jesus, I'm telling you right now, it's not always going to be easy. You're not always going to feel like it, but I promise you it's worth it. It's rewarding. There is an abundant life. There is a good life. But don't wait for the perfect time to start serving. It might never come. I felt like that was a good steak message. Was that a good steak message? And listen to me. I pray that this helped you. Don't be like the third servant with, with the talent. Don't be like that. Quit waiting. I'm telling you, you're going you're gonna to end up having it out with God, and God's going to say, why? Why didn't, why didn't you use all that I gave you? I gave you a lot. What were you doing? You're not saved to sit. You're saved to serve. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning, God. Thank you, Jesus. You're good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you Lord, for helping me, for leading me. Thank you, Lord, for transparency and vulnerability i thank you father that you're helping our people this morning that you're ministering to their hearts father little by little you're growing them you're helping them you're changing them they're understanding what it means to be a living sacrifice and that word in itself we should understand if it means if we're saying sacrifice that means we have to get outside of ourselves that we lose personal control and we give you god control of our lives why because you're the only one that can help us. You're the one that can save us, can restore us, can redeem us, can help us throughout all of our lives, with our families and our marriages and children. God, you can help us. And I thank you, Lord, that if there's anyone in this place that has been, that has been in the storm, that has been dealing with crashing waves, God, I speak to them and I pray they speak to their storm, peace be still. 
They have the authority through the word of God to speak to their storm. That they can continue to move forward and grow in you. That they don't quit. They don't give up, God. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you for joining us today. To find out more about HD Church, like upcoming events, ways to give, and much more, be sure to check out our website at hdchurchdelano.org. Grace and peace be with you all.